All right, Steve, let's get in. Let's jump into uh, 1984 Toxic Avenger, Troma Classic. Yes, all the way back to the year 1984, when you could still say slurs and nobody would get mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) When there was so many people, it was okay to say terrible things about and portray in a very offensive way. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, even as strong as like a lot of the language is as a lot you know as unacceptable as it is yeah it's one mostly kept to the villains mm-hmm. because you know they're villains they're supposed to be that way the other is supposed to be you know like it, it's it's slapsticky you're not supposed to really take them seriously it doesn't f- it's weird because if you would read the script You'll be like, that's not going to eat well. (laughs) But it never feels, (laughs) it never feels mean spirited. Is that, is that an okay thing to say? I don't know. It just never feels like it's out to hurt anybody. It's just the trauma. But you have to also understand trauma, right? You have to have seen some trauma movies and understand that trauma's whole shtick in the 80s, 90s, and even today, their whole shtick is we want to upset people. People right. who don't get what we do, we want to upset them. And the people who get what we do won't be upset. They'll understand that it comes from a place of just trying to rattle cages and not actually be hateful or derogatory or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it is shock value stuff, right? That's yeah. why it's there. It's there to be shocking. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's, uh, you flash forward a bit and that's, you know, the same world that gives us James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You know, who's, it gives yeah. us who's James a little Gunn. toned down, you know, versus the 80s version of trauma. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it gives us James Gunn. It gives us Eli Roth. This film gives us Marissa Tomei. So it does. It does. It, like, and you she know. was like, wasn't she like 17 or 18 or something? She was like something a child. Like that, yeah. 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 Very young. <laughs> oh, a, I, that's the other thing that feels just grimy about this movie and a lot of trauma movies is obviously it's and there's more problematic things about trauma to like <laughs> dig into if you really want to. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the thing about it is like it just feels so grimy and slapped together. And it like there are tons of people in the movie who like I don't think knew they were in the movie, <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of just children like, oh, that's my buddy's kids. Have them sit on a step and say something stupid and we'll like, right, you know, act like they're in danger or something. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say that the performances in this movie are uh, uneven. Some people <laughs> yes. clearly understand what they're doing. Others, not so much. And some are just bad actors. Yes, I mean, some of them are not are non actors. I would say even it's like yeah. there is a significant amount of of perf- people on screen who are not actors, yeah. <laughs> and never have been, and, and never should be. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot of great performances in it too, right? I mean, sure. yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of fun characters in this movie. There's a lot of high energy performances, I'll say. There mm-hmm. are a lot of trauma performances, I'll say, which is a specific type of good. You know, like it wouldn't <laughs> go in other places. A lot of it, boobs, too. Big plus there. Also, a very hallmark of trauma. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. I think I'd seen this the first time. I think I saw like the TV edit. 
Mm. And then so, thirty minutes. He, <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't a huge fan. I mean, there's got to be a, a TV edit of this somewhere, right? It's, I feel like I saw this like on USA late up all night or something at some well, point. Well, that was the first time I saw this was USA up all night with, with Ron mm-hmm. Shear for sure. The first time I saw it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if how edited it was cause they would show a lot of things on that. So I don't really know yeah. if anything, I feel like a lot of that stuff would have been cut for time. Yeah. I think, I think a lot that. of the gore is still was still intact on those USA up all nights. Cause I also remember watching Toxie three, the last temptation of Toxie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, and the, 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 it was mostly intact there. It's just mostly, I even think they didn't cut out the nudity. They just blurred it back in those days. Yeah. Yeah, they or, would or just like, like zoom it. in on the face. Yeah. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, like in, in the scene where Melvin comes upon, uh, the, the couple slug and his girl and they're on mm-hmm. the bench in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And she pulls out the knife and she's like, I'll get out of here or I'll kill you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the way like that, she that, says that, it is so wild. <laughs> it's, it's so great. That's such yeah. a great line delivery. But that was more yeah. punched in to hide her boobs, you know, mm-hmm. in the edits back in the day. So. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to say the 80s boobs hit different. That was refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> too. Um, I, just quick thing here, you know, so out of the three movies we're talking about here tonight, between Toxic Avenger and You're Next, we have two movies that have uh, girlfriends that get weirdly turned on by murder. And mm-hmm. we also have two films that give us boobs in the first, like, five, ten minutes. Right. That's important. So points <laughs> yeah. to You're Next and The Toxic Avenger. <laughs> I'm, Sorry, at, I'm, at, I'm at a disadvantage already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your boobs are lacking. <laughs> mm-hmm. plenty, of, there w- plenty of disappointing dick, though. I was going to say, how much dick did you guys have? Because I mean, I had I, I, ha- I have a couple of gay guys in Speedos, which is, you know, it's mm. close. So they're not hanging I, dong, though. I no. think Toxie's packing, though. Yeah, yeah. Toxie's packing from Sarah's uh, <laughs> you know, expression. But let's uh, <laughs> let, let's do a little high level uh, cursory overview of the film. It's the Toxic Avenger. I don't know how you don't know about this, but if for some reason mm-hmm. you've been living under a rock or maybe you're just a baby, I don't know. But the Toxic Avenger was one of the original uh, just kind of franchises out of trauma. They had done some mm-hmm. films before this, and it was mostly like slapsticky sex comedies. But yeah. this was kind of their first real venture into the hyper gore and you know the, the, the mixing with the slapstick. And it was pretty much like uh, it was a hero film. There's some history somewhere between Lloyd Kaufman and Stan Lee because mm. he got he has Stan Lee's voiceover for the Citizen Toxie film part mm-hmm. four. So I think they have like some history together. There's also history between Lloyd Kaufman and um, Mel Brooks, which is why mm. it's so like there's so much comedy focus. So I think they all have like kind of a. a Back from the 70s and 80s, they just kind of knew each other, you know, in the New York artistic scene, I think. Did, yeah. did uh, Kaufman have any relationship with, with Corman? I don't believe Kaufman and Corman ever really crossed paths that much. Cause I'm Corman, really shocked by that. Yeah, Corman was so much like West Coast. Yeah, he's West Coast. I just didn't know if they ever like... 
because to me they're kind of like two sides of the same coin right right just yeah. on the different coasts yeah 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 I, it's i think it's more of like because corman was more west coast and he's also more involved as being a producer and just trying yeah. to put things out there uh, and taking it, taking advantage of the Hollywood system, whereas Kaufman is much more about not even being a part of the Hollywood system. Yeah, just being an indie filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. like he, like he loves just not even being a part of it and just always running down. Like if you follow him on Twitter, he's always just running down, you know, the producers guild or any kind of guild. He just fuck everybody. He hates them all. Well, his whole thing <laughs> is like also like Corman, you you always got the idea that Corman played nicely with others. He mm-hmm. would he would come in and do things cheap and dirty and like glom onto productions that were already happening. And it's like, Hey, you have a couple di- days down. I can come in, you know, I'll pay you X amount of money and then I can, you know, use some of your set pieces or whatever to shoot this little low budget thing. Yeah. Lloyd Kaufman didn't play ball you know, no. at all in that way. He would be like, no, fuck you. We're doing it ourselves. You, you know, no, he was very, was- very, uh, 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 like, What's the word I'm looking for? He he was always starting shit with people, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's a shit stir. He's you know, uh, you can call him a raconteur if you want. I don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he he also is just very much, um, like they did things, especially back in this time. They did things kind of guerrilla style. Mm-hmm. You know, not not every scene that you see is something that was approved. You know, something that they just you know they just did. And yeah, there was not took permits for all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of permits going around. There's some permits. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the, some of the car crashes, you need permits for that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't think he was just running shit off the side of building or off, right, off yeah. of um, you know hillsides and stuff. But it's like he also has just a generally more like subversive slant to his movies as well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, compared to Corman, which were were just you know they were like low budget versions of you know he was trying to do something similar to you know hollywood production just on a much much lower budget there's very little in the way of trauma that would ever be confused with a hollywood type movie <laughs> you know right. but much more sub- subversive type of flicks yeah and it's because of that subversiveness that we see you know, the, they go to all these extreme lengths, especially with the mm-hmm. violence. But, you know, like the dialogue is silly. But also in that you get like you, you I don't want to say weird inclusiveness, but it's an uncommon inclusiveness because they'll mm-hmm. literally put anybody on screen. It's not a yeah. thing of like we're here to check boxes. We're just accepting whoever wants to be a part of the filmmaking process. Yeah. You know, and it's not like, oh, we need to have you know x and x type of actors on screen it's like no uh you know they you see later on they have the miss uh, mrs haskell character she's just introduced out of nowhere but mm-hmm. she's just an actress that was willing to do the role and she also kind of fit what they needed of somebody who could fit in a dryer you know yeah. she's a, she's a smaller lady and they're like well yeah. we want to stick somebody in a dryer <laughs> he also uh would you know lloyd kaufman notoriously uh didn't want to pay people <laughs> like he would mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of times use students and uh you know um and and you know for that reason you know he could probably be accused of being a little bit uh uh predatory in the way he was you know dealing with you know people he, he was relying on um you know and putting people in uncomfortable positions and stuff like that but like yeah. when he's basically like yo you're essentially a volunteer here um then it's uh easy to just kind of 
call, uh, you know, naivete when it comes to those sorts of things. Right. You're like, hey, we're just doing we're just a bunch of wild and crazy kids here. <laughs> Whereas Corman, yeah. like at least I think had some semblance of professionalism. <laughs> yeah, Corman had some professionalism and I like he would do his best to not have just a bunch of extras running the fuck around like mm-hmm. Kaufman will put a bunch of extras on screen and not pay them, you know, just so yeah. they can say they were in a movie. He doesn't give a shit about yeah. that. But yeah, yeah you, you get. Uh, it, yeah. Hmm. It, overall it just feels it does feel less professional but it you know you just get like a a great amount of bits and silliness and you see a lot of things that you're not going to see in other films i will say this my one big knock on the movie is the uneven like sound mixing Mm -hmm. especially with toxie's voice i think this movie like i saw it when i was younger edited on TV and I was like, okay, I've seen toxic Avenger. It's okay. Not a huge fan. And then watching it, I've seen it a couple times now because it's been on Tubi. Hail Tubi. Where's those Tubi books? Hook us up. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, it's like, dude, that just seems really amateurish. And like, I did not watch a lot of trauma films, but I'm like, how did anyone think that's okay? Like if they just blended that in a little bit better and it wasn't so noticeable, I think the, it would not take you out of the movie. Yeah. You know, as I, much. And it's always a down to like what they're willing to spend to right. get, some, yeah, I mean, get something completed. Cause like it's dollars. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's it like, I'm, I'm a big sound design guy and I, you know, I'll never defend trauma f- sound design. Trauma sound design is, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, well, wretched and, and, a lot of the time. And, but, <laughs> and you know, to quote Captain Cash and Harrison Ford, Hey kid, Ain't that kind of movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. I get it, but but it's but it's so bad. It's like that's actually jarring. Like, yeah. well, I, and there's there's a couple things, you know, aside from you know tits and and transgressive humor and stuff like that. The other thing you're gonna get a tremendous amount in trauma movies is screaming. There's always gonna be so much screaming, and mm-hmm. I feel like they just like turn everything down because they're like we're never going to get our levels right we're like half these people aren't even wearing microphones like (laughs) we just have to let's just keep it kind of low and so we don't just spike it every time someone screams and then we'll do some voiceovers where we need to like it's just there's always so much it's just a cacophony of screaming of during certain scenes and signs (laughs) i always love how much uncle lloyd he won't pay his actors, but he will pay for a like a custom sign. He's a, a big sign, sign guy. Let everybody know that you're in Tromaville. You're at the Tromaville Health Club. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, he will and, pay for 40 brand new hand-painted signs in every movie. Yeah. I always crack up with that. It's a cheap way to communicate vital information in the film. Yeah. Yes. He'll, he'll convert yep. the he'll convert an entire old Burger King into a KFC, you know, what, whatever it was in Poultry Geist. You know, he'll yeah, do all the yeah. branding for that. But yeah, yeah. fuck actors. <laughs> they're, they're greedy and needy. The Mexican <laughs> restaurant they shot the Mexican restaurant fight scene in is now yeah. Popeyes. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Mm. Huh. I was interested to see if it was if it was still there. That is such a bonker scene. I'm I'm going to stop talking because I can't wait to get to that. But that yeah, it's so fucking wild. Yeah, so let, let's let's get into it. So, like I was saying, you know, it's it's a simple setup. And like I was getting to about like how Lloyd has a connection to Stan Lee. It's all it's very obvious. Lloyd is biting off of Stan Lee's kind of hero creation process. 
you know, especially Spider-Man is what this is, is you have a fucking nerd who becomes a superhero. And in that the superhero is super violent. And I believe it's in the later films that you learn that it's his literal atomic traumaton structure that is drawn to defeating evil. So he's ultimately a force for good always because he never hurts anybody who isn't bad. It's just always going to be a bad person mm-hmm. at the same time. He he's also, while he's, you know, killing gang members, he's also taking the revenge on the people who hurt him, you know, as his, as his weak, wimpy Melvin Ferd slash Junko self. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it leads to hijinks and slapstick, but you know, we, we start in the, we have the Tromaville health club, is where we start and we get a lot of exercising a lot of hot <laughs> exercising a lot, a lot of boobs a lot of butts so a lot of boobs, this a lot is of definitely the first warning uh that we should all be concerned about the jersey shore culture of jim tan laundry like, <laughs> sure yeah like this yeah. movie sets that up i'm like oh my god lloyd kaufman tried to warn us about this in 1984 mm-hmm 20 yep. years before, you know, plus years before we got uh, the Jersey Shore, you know, monsters. Like, he yeah. knew. He, <laughs> he knew. knew. Yeah. He knew. I mean, he even knew in naming two of the head antagonists with basic Jersey Shore names like Bozo and Slug. You would yeah. see them on the Jersey Shore. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Not, that's, is that any different than Jay Wow and Snooky? No, no, it's not. <laughs> Bozo, no. Slug, Jay Wow and Snooky. That's, they all go together. <laughs> Sounds totally fine. Like if you said that and I wasn't and paying Dina. 100% attention and Dina, I seriously wouldn't even, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd just be like, oh yeah, I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. But we also get in, introduced to Melvin Ferd. And he's, you know, the mop boy of the Tromaville Health Club. His job is to go around mopping up jizz and poop and whatever else is on the ground. <laughs> There's so many fluids all over this place. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's so wet. <laughs> I'm, I'm not it's comfortable so with the way Brian said fluids. It's so just, much fluids. Maybe deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> mm, so many fluids. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Assorted fluids. Assorted fluids. <laughs> yeah, everything looks everything looks moist in this health club. Yeah. Like the the plaster has got to be having water damage constantly because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they probably got some like kind of HVAC issue there. They need some better ventilation. They get some air moving through there. Yeah, nothing's drying up. That place is mildew and cum and sweat. It's that all is mildew. everything in there. <laughs> For a moment, mm. I thought you were spelling HPV problem, which they also probably have. <laughs> They're also, well, Jersey That's Shore. The toilet seats, yeah. 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 <laughs> There's also an HPV problem. But yeah, yeah. Melvin is making his way in the world, try, just trying to, you know, ski, scam on hot ladies. And he's getting bullied by these, uh, by Bozo and Slug and their girlfriends because he dunks his dirty ass mop in their hot tub while they're trying to have a soak. Well, here's the thing. Melvin sucks. Like yeah. this is the thing is like he's not just like this lovable nerd that's just being picked on, you know, by these psychopaths, which, you know, and and the antagonists here we'll we'll learn about in a second, I'm sure, are full on psychopaths of the most insane degree. Like mm-hmm. they are literally right beside like the acid sex bikers in my movie. Like they are they right beside are. them in terms of how evil they are. Um mm-hmm. but Melvin legit sucks. <laughs> so like, yeah, you know, because if, if we were doing yeah. this movie on hops and box office flops, 
my one sentence description would be Forrest Gump gets superpowers and goes on a murderous rampage. <laughs> but that's probably giving too much credit to the character Melvin because he's not nearly as likable as Forrest Gump. He is just kind of a goober. Like no, in the worst just, way possible. He's such an annoying, annoying dork, and you do want to push him down the stairs. Sure, and sure. Yeah, they don't really do and much inconsiderate to... and an, uh, kind of a little bit of an asshole himself. You, you know, I, it, it, I, I think I understand why they did that because it actually makes the bad guys even more evil because he he is truly just hapless, right? Yeah, like he's not even really try. He's not able to try. Really, he's incapable of being successful, whatever he's trying to do, because he's such a oddball character. So that kind of takes away from his arc. But it does make the villains even worse, because it's like, I mean, if he, if they were just being cruel to be cruel because the guy was trying, somehow that's like, you know, more 80s movie relatable. But the fact they're basically picking on a kid that seems to be like developmentally disabled is kind of mm-hmm. that actually makes them even worse. Yeah, right? it, it does. It like, does make him worse because it's not because, like you're saying, in Revenge of the Nerds, the nerds have their own thing. Like they have, like they're capable. Yeah. They're capable in some way. They're just not sports acclimated, acclimated or anything like that. So, right. like they're they're getting bullied for that. Melvin has nothing. That's why he's a fucking mop boy. It's not like yeah. he's he's not smart. He's just a complete, absolute hapless tool. He's not goodwill hunting in that gym. (laughs) No, absolutely not. He's not solving math elsewise. He doesn't turn into a math hero either. He just gets big and ugly. (laughs) Well, there's no... It is uh, something you come to expect in trauma movies where it is quite often the case that there ends up being zero redeemable characters. (laughs) (laughs) like that is a trauma normal thing like there like even the best character is an enormous piece of shit who deserves to die probably like you know what i mean like trauma just you can go through whole movies with no redeeming characters yeah i I think there's plenty i think there's plenty of redeeming characters in this you have sarah who becomes toxie's girlfriend sarah perhaps the only one yeah she goes from a victim to you know like actually just showing being the only person to love Melvin and actually care about him, even when mm-hmm. his own mom rejects him at first. Mm-hmm. But you know, his mom comes around. You could, you know, the kids. The kids are basically the kid who gets innocent. his head squished. Yeah, of course, but he's not even a character. He's just a. Yeah. He's just a dummy who gets his head squished. I, I wasn't actually talking about that kid. I was talking about the kids who wear the "I Love the Monster Hero" T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you, Steve. I'm with you. I picked up what you're putting just, down. They're yeah. just extras. They're not even characters. Well, I guess there are like the kids who go and like the kid who hang, who like has the little paper hat on, and they're always yeah, like the burger joint kid, and they're eating ice cream and going like, right. "Well, we got to do something and help Toxy." Like, yeah, yeah. And then you have uh, you have uh, the the one the one police officer who mm-hmm. goes against the wishes of the mayor and the other police You're right. Force. Yeah, yeah, there is him, too. So so there, you got, like, three. O'Malley? Yeah, I think it's oh, Clancy, he's, maybe. He's oh, always Clancy. got, like, four buttons yeah. undone. Like, you can yeah. see, almost see his belly button. He doesn't like, fit his shirt. <laughs> None of the cops really seem to fit their shirts, actually. <laughs> no, no, no. No. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they were all just sharing shirts. If you're, like, not on screen, <laughs> take that cop shirt off. It's got to go to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get this early setup of how Melvin is, you know, just picked on by these bullies. And then the next scene we get is what Brian is talking about of these bullies just being actual, you know, psychosexual maniacs. 
and mm-hmm. that they love to do a death race 2000 on the streets of Tromaville running around, yeah. running people down. And they have, you know, a point scoring system for the people they run down. Uh, the girls are getting horny about it. And then they take pictures oh, yeah. after they run this kid down. Like he's a 12 year old kid, except mm-hmm. for when he gets hit by the car, then he's a 30 year old stunt man. But then <laughs> <laughs> he goes yeah. back to being a 12 year old kid. And it's one of the most brutal head squishes. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. That you ever I- get. But I mean, considering this movie was made for five dollars and, and, and like a couple of whoppers, mm-hmm. like that's a sweet stunt when they smoke the guy on the bike. Because mm-hmm. it's like no cutaways, no edits there. Just he rolls, dude up over, rolls the hood, over the yeah. top of a car. And mm-hmm. that is a high high quality, excuse me, head smash. Yeah. 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 Like it's and the head again, smash was literally just a cantaloupe. It was a, it was like a cantaloupe with a wig on. Like that's basically yep. what they did. And they did they they did a really nice Very job effective. with it. Yeah. You know, again, no cutaways, no CGI kids. Yep. This is just like we're gonna put a wig on a melon, pump it full of corn syrup, and run it over, and it's gonna look gnarly. And it did. And yeah. it did. And and that's most of the effects in this is like they're all they're all practical, obviously. They yeah. have to be. It's all bladder effects or, yeah. or fruit. <laughs> yeah, bladder like, effects and fruit are a lot of doing a lot of heavy lifting. The <laughs> the character of that you mentioned, Bozo, um, who's just a wild character. Yeah. He's played by a guy named Gary Schneider, who has only I think has like three or four acting credits and they're all trauma. He yep. was in uh, he was in a uh, 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 class of Newcomb High is probably his most this and class of Newcomb High are like his two most famous ones by far. And that's like the only thing I've ever seen him in. But when I think of trauma, he is who I think of <laughs> because he is just constantly screaming veins popping out of his neck like he is just he has one speed and it's a thousand miles an hour. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, he tra- he plays essentially the same character in class of Newcomb High, just like a psychotic teen murderer who yeah. is just on bath salts 100 percent of the time. <laughs> the biggest shock to me looking up the details on this movie is the fact that that guy didn't have more of a career. Yeah, because I'm not saying his performance is like very refined in this movie, mm-hmm. but the dude understood the assignment and like he performed. I'm like, yeah. like wow, I, I thought the guy going to do stuff, but he yeah. he didn't. I was kind of, not many people from this film have other than no. Marissa Tomei. Honestly, yeah. most everybody in this has either just been in other trauma films or the Toxie sequels, right? For the most part, yeah, yeah, and and, and that's. I mean, that's kind of the thing that they keep going is just a, a an ever replenishing cycle of people who are disillusioned by the film process because mm-hmm. they did a trauma film. Like you do a trauma film, you don't get paid, you work terrible hours and you go, oh, I never want to do this again. <laughs> yeah. You know. Or like you've already burned so many bridges in the legitimate f- like film world that the only person that will hire you is Lloyd Coffin. <laughs> yeah. Or you're just literally that untalented, but you just thought it would be fun to do for a weekend. You know? Yeah. You know, yep. like I would say even nowadays, you know, when they make a film, I would say the majority of the people who show up are just fans of the film. Like they're not they know they're not going to the reputation has been there for so long. 
mm-hmm. you know, people who just show up are just like volunteers and they just want to, you know, make a trauma film. They want to have fun. They want to have the experience. They, mm-hmm. They're not looking to be famous or anything like that. You, know, you, you but it, you know, trauma still turns out people who do eventually go on to do something. Cause like we already mentioned, James Gunn, uh, there's another filmmaker, Trent Haga, who's like all over the independent scene, who's done a lot of stuff and a lot of fun things, but yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's a kind of a give and take. You can find, uh, you can, you can find plenty of like listicles. Vincent D'Onofrio is in Troma's war, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah I think Kevin right. Costner was in surf. Nazis must die. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, um, <laughs> D'Onofrio, uh, initially was in talks to play bozo oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. i could see that because he but can he, be really he did not big, like you know. the role so he passed yeah it's a it's a rough role it's <laughs> yeah. you, you know what so just to harken back to a movie we did on hops box office flops get the plugs in uh that i was not expecting to see uh d'onofrio in was uh uh stewart smalley saves his family the al franken oh. movie yeah which mm. is horrible. Yeah, it's just good. Unbelievably bad. Hard to find, too. Um, For good reason. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio plays his brother in that film. And like I, almost unrecognizable. Because, you know, at this point, the only thing I would have had reference for him uh, with would have been Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm, and he looks yeah. nothing like Private Pile. And his performance is nothing like that. And he's actually a really good actor in that terrible movie. Um, well, he's a really good actor anytime. Yeah, he is, right? I'm like, it shows in that shitty movie, Vinny D shines. I didn't even realize that character had, and I was like a big SNL fan, you know, as a kid yeah. and up and, you know, still, I mean, I don't really watch that much anymore, but I'm a huge, you know, SNL fan overall. And I did not know that that character had a movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's bad. And yeah, yeah. Check out that pod. It's worth listening to because we have a lot of fun. I am going to check that set up. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, after we get the great cantaloupe head crush, mm-hmm. uh, this is where we get Melvin's transformation into the Toxic Avenger, which mm-hmm. is built on like a couple of great, like great set pieces. This is like the best of the budget, I would say, in this film before yeah. we get to the car crashes is mm-hmm. the scene. You have Melvin and Julie in the locker room. And she convinces Melvin, hey, if you come over into the, the poolside, I'll do a little blah, blah, blah with you. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, really? <laughs> so, you know, it, it's tricking the nerd to think he's going to get, you know, a little pussy, which mm-hmm. yeah, it happens. It, and she's a fox. Yeah. It's classic bullying. It mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. You have to love after he puts the tutu and the spandex suit on mm-hmm. the, his little confident strut with the mop. <laughs> Like just it's just a quick. I mean, three he's, seconds. He's a good physical performer. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does a little jig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like, think he's the OG Napoleon Dynamite. Let's be honest. Well, sure. He does, he's got such a good like. He always looks like he's gonna fall down. Always. So right. he's got this like weird Buster Keatony like I'm always slipping and falling. Like I'm constantly in a state of slipping and falling. Like. It's just, yeah. it's, he's a pretty good physical performer. Yeah. So, yeah, you get. And, you and get, he's gone on to do nothing else. <laughs> like zero. Mm-hmm. Just other trauma stuff or, or trauma stuff, I mean. He, he's, he's in a lot of things. 
but just just independent schlock. It's just it, it's just people who are fans of the Toxic Avenger hiring yeah. him to come on and do bit parts in their film. I think he was also the janitor in Class of Newcomb High, right? Was he? I didn't even remember that. Yeah. He's, well, he's the janitor which again, in, which is which is which is a another gag, right? Because well, he's, he's, he's a the janitor, janitor in yeah. the Return to Newcomb High, Return, which was sorry. like which is like something that was newer. It's from like 2017. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Got it. So yeah, it, it was just him, yeah, it was just him coming back to do a bit part. That's kind of like having Freddie be in the janitor and and scream. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, because I mean after. After the Toxic Avenger, he doesn't do anything until Toxic Avenger 4 in 2000, where he comes back as himself, like as as Melvin. So mm. evil then, Melvin. Yeah, evil Melvin. And then he gets hired to do a bunch of like bit parts in other yeah. people's films because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he's out there again. We can get him <laughs> again. To my point, like that physical comedy angle, I'm surprised that guy wasn't in more like slapstick comedies in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. I mean, again, also this stuff's being filmed in New York and New Jersey. Like how many, you know, how many people would just have to go back to their day job? You know, like if if you don't hit huge, like you're not going to like you're not going to be able to quit your day job and go out into the world. This is just like an opportunity to get your name out there, possibly, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot. And back to Brian's original point of. Kaufman being somewhat predatory, you know, it kind of is because it's taking on people's you know, desires to be famous or be an actor. And they you just see a movie and sign up for it and you hope for the best. Mm. You know? Yeah. So in the scene, you know, they, they turn the lights out on Melvin and it comes back on and he's kissing a sheep, uh, <laughs> you know, more classic bullying. And then they mm. all chase him bunch of guys in mustaches with no shirts chase him and he falls out a window to where an awaiting toxic waste dump truck has parked itself because the drivers want to do blow (laughs) okay so now again two of the three movies we're talking about tonight involve giant piles of blow yes lots of blow Mm -hmm. they're just i mean they're going whole face into a baggie so good good amount of blow (laughs) uh Probably one of the most famous stunt jumps because I remember seeing it not even in the context of Toxic Avenger. I think I've seen it like it was used as cutaways in like cartoons in the 90s, I think, as just like something funny to put in. Mm. But yeah, he dives through the window, lands in a barrel of toxic waste, and then you get a couple great burn effects, which is what I was really trying to get to of this yeah. is the the cop setting his hands on fire. Hold on. Let me jump in again here and say, now again, two of the three movies uh, we're doing tonight involve our protagonist jumping out of a window at height. That's true. Yeah. Weird. Also happens. Boob. Yeah. Boobs. Also happens Boobs. in your next. Blow. Windows. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he jumps through the window and then it's covered in toxic waste. The cop, you know, a cop runs up and tries to help him. He gets his hand set on fire in a great practical <laughs> effect because it looks yeah. like yeah. he's just he's just holding fucking accelerant in his hands. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's all that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and then they do a full body burn of somebody just running down the street. And in perfect trauma faction, they've lined the street with people who just want to see somebody set on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. who, who doesn't love a full body burn? Right. That just that mm-hmm. always rules. Well, which also happens in Mandy. one too. 
Yeah, yeah that's true too. This one's yeah. a pretty long one. And yeah, you could tell there's just a bunch of townies just hanging out on the side yeah. of this, like on the oh, sidewalk. They're like, oh shit. That dude's totally on fire. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Like 15 minutes before it happened, somebody walked into the Ace Hardware and said, hey, everybody, we're shooting a movie on the street. Do you want to see somebody set on fire? And everybody in the Ace Hardware said, no, I don't got much going on at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> Melvin runs off and then, you know, he runs back home and he's transformed into the toxic Avenger. We get his, uh, you know, a lot of great bladder effects in this scene. And you know, it's a pretty solid transformation, even by trauma standards. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I would say solid is maybe a strong word. They are, in fact, bladder effects. <laughs> I wouldn't call them solid, <laughs> but <laughs> it looks like they put a bladder, taped it to their arm and then painted over it. But you get the, you get the idea. They're trying their but, you know, he's in a gross tub full of guck. You know, it's definitely got that like, you know, there were ones before and. Well, no, let me see. When was Street Trash? Street Trash was Street Trash is after later. This. I think that's 87. Yeah. So this is like a proto melt movie, right? A little mm-hmm. bit like some of the other melt <clears throat> movies that kind of are in that subgenre, um, ha- you know, Slime City and, uh, and 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 all that stuff happened a little the after. So this melting is, man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is uh, this is a bit of a uh, a precursor to some of those that that subgenre, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, Slime City is a direct result of trauma because the director of Slime City worked on the class of Newcomb High. In, mm. in 86 and then went on to make slime city uh the following year so yeah this, all a lot of this stuff is like a lot of proto effects but I, you know like i'm saying i 484 with a small budget it's pretty damn good yeah i and think they probably could have tightened it up a bit i think it's it, it drug on a bit mm-hmm. eh. i think we saw the same well, things a couple of times like show us once and then like just get on with it because well, you're going to see yeah, again, the budget wasn't going to let him do a whole lot. Well, Lloyd is always going to the he, the the scenes that have the money behind them. You're going to see a lot of it. Mm, yeah. Like you, it's not going to uh, if he's spending money on something, it's going to be on screen for about 45 seconds at least. Fair yeah, um, Jennifer, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is the same as Roger Corman. If, yes. if Corman spends money on something, you're going to see all of it. If there's a costume, if there's a set piece, if there's some practical effects, get ready to see it. Yeah. And it and yeah. it potentially is going to lose its uh it, it's its edge a little bit because you're going to see a lot of it. But I got a question um, about that. I'll bring it up later. Yeah, well, okay. I was going to say Jennifer Asperall. I don't know, this might be where you're going, but Jennifer Asperall, who did the special effects uh makeup in this, um, coincidentally was also around this time shooting the special effects for spookies, which is underappreciated bonkers uh movie in terms of special effects the plot's completely nonsensical and the movie was essentially like multiple movies that were spliced together it's 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 doesn't make any sense Um, but then she went on to have a fucking crazy career like she's maybe been one of the most like long running you know uh, uh, uh special makeup effects folks in hollywood like she's had a tremendous career yeah yeah she has a huge career and like just as like a credit to throw out there she was on the westworld uh mm-hmm. remake tv show the so hbo show she, yeah she was on the hbo show doing the makeup effects on that so like she's had a long career there's somebody else that had a long career and i'll get to him uh when we get when we get to the scene he's in mm-hmm. but uh yeah after after toxie's transformation you basically just get a lot of bits like the the film is toxie 
you know, running around, righting wrongs, but also committing revenge. He's killing, you know, everybody who was like the, the, the four main antagonists that we've already learned about them. Like he's killing mm-hmm. them in their own special little scenes. Yeah. And you also have like this uh, B plot of the mayor who's just like the mayor rules. <laughs> like he's so he's just- funny. All the politicians, the local politicians that they're all so funny. Yeah, that's the best ensemble of actors in the film. Those, that group of guys together. Yeah, because yeah. they're all sleaze. All of those scenes work. And yeah, it, they're great. Yeah. But like the, the, the mayor is just this big, fat, sweaty guy. And he's always just like it, when we see him doing his dirt, he's doing it at the Tromaville Health Club. He's laying on a <laughs> massage table, eating a hoagie, a big ass. hoagie. Yeah. That guy fucking rules. Getting a massage, like, yeah, and he's so funny, and he's he's a trauma uh, uh, stander too. Like you see him a lot in, in trauma films, I believe too, right? Um, but for a bit, he like, yeah. he's in uh, class of Newcomb High, and then he's also in Street Trash. Oh, okay, maybe that's why I'm. Yeah, after, after Street so Trash, funny. he only does Mannequin, and then he doesn't really do anything after that. Mm. He died at forty four. Yeah, he died yeah. in 1991. Is what it died. <laughs> well, there so, you go. Yeah, he's yeah. his obviously, but Which he, um, is kind of a bummer. He's yeah. so funny. Like that once. There's one scene where the guy sitting beside him, like passed out or whatever. He's like, "What? what you, was this guy fucking dead?" Like he just does yeah. like, little lines. Or so <laughs> just like a great like New York scumbag uh, type of character. Yeah, because they just have like a bunch of hookers dancing around, and his you know his, his confidant can't believe that they're just so full of hookers and blow. He's you know he's at Toys R Us, and he for the first time he just had his mind blown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the 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 one scene that really stands out, and we've danced around it, is it's a it's a Mexican fast food restaurant fight yeah. scene, mm-hmm. and this is one of the more infamous scenes of the entire film after the yeah. head squish. But mm-hmm. you have a gang of just indeterminate, like we don't know how they're a gang, but they have face paint. That what that's what makes them a gang. Somebody watched <laughs> yeah. the Warriors the night before. Exactly. Oh, the yeah. one kid was straight Warriors ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. One guy's the Warriors. The other guy is just you know like kind of an army vet. And then we have Rico, which Rico is my favorite in this scene. <laughs> Rick, Rico's just a fucking ninja. He's just a yeah, yeah. white ninja. Let's point out this is a Mexican restaurant with samurai swords on the wall. Yes. Which <laughs> comes out handy in the end. They had to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's a Mexican restaurant with no actual Mexican employees. So it's basically like a Taco Bell. Yeah. And it just it, you have this gang come in and they hold everybody up and they're pointing shotguns in people's faces. They point a shotgun at a baby, which is <laughs> Like it seems wildly I wrote dangerous. That down. I said it's a, a, again a real human baby, an actual right, yeah. child. Like the no only CGI. movie no. I can think of where a shotgun is pointed at a baby. Right. I guess it's more important to know that visually that the shotgun and the baby are sharing the same frame. There's other yeah. films where guns get pointed at kids, but they're not in the same frame. It's a usually yeah. a shot reverse shot this one is a full wide frame of a shotgun in a baby's face and it's just such a wild image to see <laughs> screaming baby screaming yeah. Baby. yeah the, yeah, the kid is r- in real life upset because he's not an actor and again no. 
in this movie, the bad guys do very bad things because they are bad people. And this movie goes out of its way to show it to you. Right. And so that's why you feel good when they get killed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And the more distressing thing is that you fully can anticipate that Lloyd Kaufman walked up to a woman and said, I will give you $20 if you let me put a shotgun in your baby's face. And she yeah. was like, sure. And sure. I think that's what happened. Like, that's that's <laughs> probably what happened. It's bonkers. So on the little bit of research I did into this scene, apparently the actor that was holding the shotgun quit after this because he was so distraught after having to point a shotgun at a child, even a prop shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so exactly. I, that's, I guess I, 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 I understand. Yeah, that is a that is the, what I am talking about. There's probably four or five instances of like stories I've heard regarding Lloyd Kaufman and like performers who ha- left with a very bad taste in their mouth because of yeah. shit like that. Yeah, I may be wrong about this, but I think the character you're talking about uh, who has the shotgun when he meets his ultimate demise in the back of the shop. When he gets basically a Sunday built on his face and his face stuck in the milkshake machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's the same actor even because mm-hmm. I think he maybe have quit before that. Probably. So, that, would, think, that, would, yeah. that, would, that timeline would line up. Also, yeah. now here's the thing, because you brought it up now. Most of the kills in this movie are combat kills. Yeah. That scene in the back of the Max, the, the Mexican restaurant, <clears throat> uh, the, the two big kills there, both of those seem pretty pretty sadistic that was like some mm-hmm. uh you know hostile stuff going on back mm-hmm. there milkshake well, well, and then you get kind of hard to root for toxie after you see how <laughs> well he puts the one guy's hands that. in the fryer right he fries the one yeah. guy's hands and, he and then the other, the other guy. dude's head hey milkshakes again, his head two out of the three movies we're doing tonight here involve somebody getting a blender to the head that's yeah. true too strange yeah. coincidences mm-hmm. here this is kind of mm-hmm. weird <laughs> well and then the one guy gets put in the oven but it's kind of off screen oh yeah no this is definitely this is definitely uh i forgot about that thank you for bringing it up ryan uh feel a little bit weird about our hero putting people (laughs) of color in ovens not not good there is also a nazi character at some point but Uh, he um he was a rapist (laughs) so it's okay i okay but just you know the oven seems a little bit over the top it was it was a thing of opportunity (laughs) fair enough well the the one character that uh, or uh, that that character who gets put in the oven um, also gets his arm cut off and he is a amputee in real life. Mm. And if you watch the scenes prior to that and if you focus on the fake arm they have on him, it's hilarious. To watch He's throwing off. nothing but left hooks, just all <laughs> left hooks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, when he's rubbing up on Sarah, he's caressing her with his left arm and his right arm is doing nothing, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's just, you know, dangling there. It's like a paper it's not really arm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like he he essentially sexually assaults a woman one armed yeah. and they hope they hope you don't notice it. <laughs> hope you don't I think, notice I think it. the fight scene, it's more noticeable when he can only punch with one hand. I think that's right. what really sticks it's, out. Yeah. yeah. It's very quick that like. Toxie goes for a judo throw and just rips his arm off, which is, I mean, that's a great bit. Come on. It is. It is. No complaints. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Toxie comes in, 
you know, he's just like, he's a heat seeking missile for evil. He finds evil when it's happening. Mm-hmm. He comes in, he rips off the one bad guy's arm. He throws the other guy into the kitchen. And then this is where Rico, who has just been like staring straight at the camera with a gun to a woman's head the whole yeah. time and then kissing her at times. Like yeah. Rico's just Very hilarious. Yeah. He's hilarious because like he's just out of his mind, but mm-hmm. then is also a karate master. And yeah, he this comes is in the, doing fucking spin kicks, hurricane kicks and all this wild shit. Yeah. And this is a guy I wanted to talk about. His name's Mike Russo. Mm-hmm. And he is, he also has like a really long career after this. Because I think yeah, to this as a day, stunt he, guy, right? He was like yeah. a chore- fight choreographer kind of guy after this, right? Yeah, yeah. I think to this day he's still doing, you know, like stunt and uh, fight choreography. So like, hey, everybody gets their start somewhere. It's just it's right. just less likely you're gonna break if you start on a trauma movie, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're starting out with maybe you know maybe handcuff there, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> but if you know the right people, <laughs> mm-hmm. they'll they'll elevate you. They, in this scene, like these guys are total pieces of shit. They, you know, they try to sexually assault a woman. They kill a dog. They put a gun in a baby's face. So I don't feel bad when Toxie takes his time being rather gross and disgusting and enjoying. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing is it's very obvious. Toxie enjoys killing people, you know, <laughs> yeah. especially. Uh... And I'm OK with it, though, because they're okay. bad people. You know, they're bad guys. Yeah. It's not like he just he, killed he, a dog. He's never they just wrong. pointed a shotgun at a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to your he's, point, the movie makes it very clear that these are bad people doing yeah. bad things, and it's okay to feel good about them getting their comeuppance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's biologically never wrong. It's, it's what his superpower is, you know, at least part of it. He's never wrong about somebody being a bad guy. So well, you never, uh, like you never later, have to feel. Yeah. Yeah, you figured that out, right? Yeah, so you never have to feel bad about it. Um, but yeah, he just he just dispatches these guys, and then this is where we get our first start of the love story between Toxie and Sarah. After he dispatches all these guys in gruesome fashions, you know, blender to the head, hands in the deep fryer, throwing another guy in the oven. It's it's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, to your point about the connection with Stanley, very much like. The relationship between the thing, Ben Grimm and Alicia Masters, because his love interest is also blind and he's also, quote unquote, a monster. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Was she introduced? I mean, she had to have been because the Fantastic Four is from the 60s. So, yeah. Yeah. She had to have been introduced at this point. I was just wondering if. Because she's in the Corman. Well, that wasn't until like the 90s. That was 94. But she's in that, too. But yeah, no, she was a reoccurring character. Yeah throughout yeah. the 60s yeah okay yeah i just wasn't sure did 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 stan lee take sarah from the toxic avenger <laughs> as an homage to his friend lloyd kaufman <laughs> and you know toxie he gets a he gets a little bit of a love interest going but he's still doing he's still out there doing murders and saving the day and he also starts doing actually like good deeds like he opens a lady's popcorn and the popcorn is popped because he's full of radiation. I think that's the mm. microwave joke there is that he's mm-hmm. also full of deadly radiation. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then a lot of the revenge scenes, though, they're they're OK. But they're not wonderful. 
with the exception of when he finally gets the bozo and slug. Yeah. Like the when he goes after Julie, it's all it is pretty much like a horror movie because he's chasing, he's her, chasing down. her. Yeah. Yeah. He's chasing her down like Freddy in a boiler room. Well, and she's argue like arguably the most purely evil one. Yes. Like she's the one who's literally like masturbating to pictures of a child she killed. Like that's about as sadistic as you can get. And she is that is what she's doing whenever he chases her down. Well, no, that's the and other one. Isn't that Julie? No, it's the girl in the sauna. Yeah. Julie, oh, that's Julie's, not Julie. I'm Julie's the straight blonde one. The other yeah, girl so I'm is sorry. In I'm the getting sauna. Them I, I'm getting those two mixed up, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the other girl he he catches her in the sauna and he says, "Here, head sit on this hot ass and puts her on top of the coals of the sauna yeah but isn't julie's kill off screen it's yeah and, it is off yes. screen yeah yes. okay i was just getting their names mixed up but yeah the, the, i mean yeah that was a little bit of a bummer <laughs> yeah I, I will say this i feel like both of the kills of the girlfriends seemed a bit darker in tone than the other revenge kills that were a little right. more slapsticky and to your point brian like the fact that they cut away from it just made it seem more sinister. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, uh, what, oh, that was too much for us to see. We've seen a lot already. Now you're saying we can't see that. Oh, my. Yeah. 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 yeah they both kind of happen off screen and maybe they just weren't planned out well enough or something like that. But like, it's not the same slapstick gimmicky stuff we get when Toxie's stopping crimes. He's hundred yeah. hand slapping somebody's dick or something. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, and now this is like, yeah, it's not not as lighthearted. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not as lighthearted, but it's uh, it's more personal. But also, mm -hmm. you want to see, you know, we've already established that these are some of the most evil people in the movie, right? So you wanted to see it happen. Yeah, yeah. But the one, the scene, which is probably you know the most money and the piece de, de resistance of the film, mm -hmm. you know, aside from the tank, is. When Toxie finally catches up to Slug and Bobo, he has them just in a car and he throws Slug out and then you just get this wild stunt ride through mm -hmm. through like a factory industrial park. Right. I think it is. It's just, I feel like I've seen that setting in other movies, too. Like that is just right. that is a, that industrial area has seen a lot of car crashes and chases like I've seen that space before. Right. Yeah, it for sure has happened in plenty of other films in the 70s and 80s because mm -hmm. they're like, we have this little part of you know New York that you can rent out. There's no businesses down here, so feel free to wreck your cars and have explosions if you want. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and that's what they do. They, they wreck their cars and they have explosions. And the one, the one part of this that I don't love is that in the end, Toxie rips the wheel off the car and gives it to Bozo, which is a funny gag. Mm -hmm. But also, he's they're imperiling children as they run the car. And I was like, right. oh, but Toxie wouldn't do that. Toxie wouldn't imperil, you know, innocence to get his revenge. Yeah. But in the end, it's even better, though, because he's laughing as the car goes off the cliff. Mm -hmm. Like... That's the funniest shit in the world. Laughing as you kill somebody. <laughs> like, well, it is that. That's the one way too, too much. When the car goes off the clip, and I think it's the same scene, there's like appears to be pedestrians not that far away. 
Right. Like that don't feel like they're part of the shoot. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I feel like that was too close to people who weren't part of this movie. I don't know. It's they just hard. To, it's hard to tell. Yeah. 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 And this whole chase to me felt like the black mirror version of the mall scene in Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh. This is, this is, this is a, little, a little more scary and treacherous than fun. And- <sighs> well, oh, yeah. somebody Good, almost you know, died goofy. in one of those scenes, too, because... Um, I remember watching on, you know, it was a YouTube video or something, but I remember somebody saying that one of the there's in this somewhere in the scene, one of the cars flips over Mm -hmm. and there was a like apparently a hastily installed roll cage on that car Uh. and the the roof did collapse and almost killed one of the stunt drivers. Oh, yeah. I I think I read that, too. You can definitely see the roof collapse on the car. Yeah, it when goes it, flat. When like it rolls. rolls over and it's flat. Yeah. 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 You can definitely see the roof collapse. And like there's there's a whole bunch of stunts in this film or uh, in this sequence, because like on top of, you know, the car collapsing uh, and rolling over, there's a whole bunch of like Buster Keaton stunts of like people mm-hmm. falling off ladders and stuff as the car drives through it or like, you know, a roof coming down on people and they jump out of the way. Yeah. So like they're obviously putting their all into this scene. Mm-hmm. And it does have a satisfying end with, you know, jumping off the cliff and just, you know, plowing a car into, you know, like Brian said, like nearby pedestrians who may or may not be in on it. <laughs> yeah, felt like they weren't part of the shoot, but I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, car explodes and then you know, Toxie gets out and just shakes it off. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a guy as the car goes over the cliff that's just like running out of the way. Yeah, again, I don't think he was part of it. I don't think he was. I bet he was part of the crew and he didn't know he was on camera. Yeah, he was was just standing there eating a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Toxie, you know, does a little jig as he gets away. But, Mm. you know, with basically all of the crime cleaned up in the city. You know, surely Toxie won't go after anybody else, but this is where you get the thing of he he kills a lady, just randomly kills a lady in a laundromat. Mm -hmm. And everybody goes, oh, the monster hero, he's turned out bad. He's gone bad. Now we have to stop him. And then they try to Mm -hmm. stop him and they try to do it with the National Guard. But it turns out that lady, she was in the white slavery. So he was right. Yeah, (laughs) she was a little person. He put her in the dryer. If felt pretty sadistic and mm-hmm. uh and then it was like oh, it turns out she was bad so it, it, I, he was right for doing that yes yes yeah toxie's always right <laughs> yeah he's basically captain america of the trauma universe he yes. is the moral compass yes yes he's all he's all things marvel in one character he's funny <laughs> like peter parker and he does bits and he's strong like the thing and, and he's <laughs> goofy like Deadpool but no right. seriously I, I mentioned this in our pre-discussions but could this possibly be the first R-rated superhero movie yeah I mean I think it has to be I can't think there's not another one that's on my mind unless it's like a sex romp superhero film I, yeah, can't I mean there might be some else. kind of weird weird yeah caveat there but yeah uh, but no seriously because he is basically a superhero he gets an origin story similar to daredevil with a power set similar to the hulk or the thing mm-hmm. you know and he's got the the former alter ego like spider man yeah 
it's it's interesting to look at this and I, again so i can see this inspiring some of the other r-rated superhero movies but also i, I gotta say this does this not also have some like dna shared with robocop with the way the villains are portrayed and like oh the hyper violence and like the yeah. real insistence yeah. on making them seem so overtly evil yeah yeah i, I just because I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it before but watching this last time it finally dawned on me i'm like oh i got it this i'm getting robocop vibes you got these scummy bad guys and corrupt you know officials and whatnot and mm-hmm. you've got a hero that's got a moral compass and mm-hmm. it is hyper violent i'm like okay i yeah. bet paul verhoeven might have seen this movie Sure. Mm-hmm. Of, of course he has. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course he has. And then he made it better because, you know, fucking Robocop is a perfect film, literally up and down. So, Thank you. Thank so, you. I've been in fights with T-dubs on that point, and I do think Robocop is a perfect well, movie. He's wrong. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the, you get the, uh, the eventually the, the mayor tries to come after Toxie and he tries to come after him with the police force and the National Guard. And, you know, this is their other budget rollout where they have a tank, you know, come up on a camp, you know, as Toxie and Sarah go on a little bit of a vacation to cool down, you know, they roll up on a tank pointed at the tank, uh, pointed at the tent. And it's a, it's a funny visual, but it's all it's all gags and goof ups. And the the, it, the real heroes are the townspeople, just like in Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2. They come to Toxie's rescue. They say, keep your hands off him, Dr. Octopus. And Toxie says, don't worry, children. And then he saves the day and he punches the guy in the tummy. And <laughs> hey, rips his guts out, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. And then they're like, oh, man, you ripped the mayor's guts out. Yay! <laughs> you saved the like, day. Like, I like how nobody said Yo, brother, it's manslaughter. This <laughs> like, is a bit much. Uh, At least he doesn't uh, jump rope with the guts, though. That comes later. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's that's later films. Yeah. The, the only thing that really I forgot uh, about this movie and not that, the, you know, the plot is tremendously sensical in this movie that makes a lot of sense. But I first time, <laughs> excuse me, first time I met, uh, uh, noticed it this time around. How does Sarah not know at this point that he is, you know, the hero, you know, the monster hero? Like when she finally he finally tells her, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'm the monster hero they're looking for. We got to get out of here and blah, blah, blah. I understand she's blind, but she's not deaf and she obviously exists in the world. So how does she not suspect or know that he is that as well like this is the first time that's like she it comes as a surprise to her when he tells her yeah i mean i know that's such a dumb little part but i'm just like well why why couldn't you her she have just been like of course i knew all along you know and i yeah. support you and blah 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 why did it have to be like she was surprised <laughs> it's just ah, so dumb because There's a hundred maybe, dumber things that happen i yeah, get it but maybe because they filmed that scene before they filmed the restaurant scene and they didn't yeah. think about the fact how uh, toxie literally saves her at- he literally does the thing he does in the entire movie to her and that's how they meet Right, well, but, <laughs> but she's not sure who he is in that scene. She doesn't know who is helping her up. She might think he's just a police officer or something. She doesn't know that he did everything because she couldn't witness it. 
Could be. And I, could at this be, point, yeah. I like to point out that, oh, hey, kid, if they're looking at your hair, we're in all in a lot of trouble. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not that kind of movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I get it. There's a lot. But, no, I mean, but, lot. That's, but that's the whole point, to your point, uh, Brian, is that, yes, they use her blindness as an excuse to give her plausible deniability throughout the film. Right. Of everything. Right, like her, uh, yeah, she's blank, blind. Blanket, plausible deniability. Yeah. yeah. She is just like a, a completely ignorant, like, automaton who has no uh, no agency whatsoever. Because Man, but she blind. loves that toxic dick, though. She, that's clear. She, that's the thing. It's like they literally live together in a tent. You know, before that, so, they were living, you know, and they're just porking and, like, literally living yeah. together. And she's not... So here is my nitpick on this, okay? Because you brought up the living situation, and I think there's something there. She's got her own apartment, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why would they settle in the dump? Why wouldn't Toxie move into the apartment? Because he likes the dump. And he's he's a you know. he's a celebrity. He can't be seen. The paparazzi. But but that's what he's got the trench coat stuff. I I just I I I I just that's but. <clears throat> to your point about her, why is she oblivious? How could she not be aware that she lives in a toxic waste dump? To me, that yeah. would be easier to decipher than that he was the toxic <laughs> Avenger. Right? It's like, hey, why do we live in a fucking garbage? It smells like farts and starbursts here all the time. Where where are we living? Like, I had a nice apartment and a, a real bed and a kitchen, and now we live in fucking Shrek's swamp. What are we doing? Here? Well, she still can where- go to bed. In her own apartment, she she Toxie even says, "Hey Sarah, you, maybe you should go to your apartment for a while." You know, she still has her apartment. They're not living together in sin. Well, let's let's. Uh, I, I mean, know we're really okay. nitpicking stuff that's happening here, but also they're porking constantly. And yeah. b- before I watched him pop popcorn kernels by touching them just the outside yeah. of the jar. So how is she not covered in chemical burns all the time? And I she made his dick smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so this goes back to the old man of steel, woman of Kleenex problem. <laughs> right. Well, I think also like we may be applying too rigorous of, uh, you know, uh, considerations here where, you know, I don't even think the, the, the people who wrote the movie thought half as hard about it. Yeah. We had to wait till mall rats for that to come up. Yeah. They thought it was funny. <laughs> they yeah. thought it was funny that his this dick shot be a smoke when gag. she fucked. Yeah. <laughs> oh but. my. All they were caring about is that she made eggs like a motherfucker because she thought they thought it was funny that he ate so many eggs. <laughs> but she didn't, though. She just put all the shells in. Let's again. She's blind. She can feel shells. <laughs> Why is she throwing all the shells? And, and, and that gag doesn't pay off because then when they cut to him eating the fried eggs, it's literally just a plate of fried eggs. I don't I yeah. didn't see any shells. Well, you don't see the shells, but it doesn't mean he's not eating them. And also, he's a toxic waste monster, so yeah, why of course would he, he would love the shells. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, just he eat, just also, just pop the whole egg in your mouth and just eat it like an M&M. You're a toxic waste monster. What are you worried yeah. about eating salmonella? Come on. <laughs> you should technically uh, be able to cook the eggs himself inside his mouth, but I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Uh, legit, all the logistics <laughs> arguments aside, that really summarizes my thoughts on this movie. I like this movie. It's very entertaining. 
it's a bad movie, <laughs> you know, hey. through and through. Everything about it's bad, <laughs> but it's funny and it's wild and it's entertaining. And it's, you know, and that's what trauma is, you know, trauma, you know, very. I don't know if I could point to any movie by trauma where I'm like, honestly, trauma's war is the only one I can think of where I was like, wow, they actually did some really good stuff in that movie. I mean, it still mm-hmm. is not good, um, but, you know, they make not good movies that are fun to watch. Mm. Yeah, they make their imagination and yeah. they make their imagination happen on a shoestring. It's the thing we talk about when we talk about like Carousel. Like mm-hmm. Carousel, I don't think Steve could fucking sell as mm-hmm. you know a Hollywood film. Like he couldn't make people sit for an hour and a half, you know, and come out in droves to watch a horse that doesn't animate. Right. Like, <laughs> like yeah. just a horse its lips doesn't move or anything like that but that's right. the, that's the magic of it is like you write in a story that is entertaining and it also has like a little bit of heart to it like maybe mm-hmm. toxic avenger doesn't have the like the best like love story to it but it has a love story and it's about accepting somebody and it's about you know two people accepting each other despite their differences, you know, and and you get little flashes of things that are lovely in all of the grime and the slime and the racism and the disgusting portrayals of people. And the shotguns pointed at babies. It's about love, killing, overcoming bigotry and fascism. Right. Mm. And it's about a town coming together as a community to take down all the goddamn you know corruption yeah. in their town yeah the damn hoagie eating mayors and yeah bunch of yeah. hoagie eating mayors <laughs> hanging out the health club eating hoagies like fat cats yeah mm-hmm. so you know it's it you you get the basic things out of the mm-hmm. film as well as a bunch of silly bits doing yeah, bits right. guys come on bits hey, are awesome. we're out here doing bits great bad guy yeah cigar yeah. face I, how much do you love that he's smoking a cigar and then he goes, you're going to learn why they call me cigar face. And it's like, oh, it's not because you're smoking a cigar. Oh, it's because you put cigars out on people's faces. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is definitely like a Batman movie, right? Like that's yeah. the kind of villains we're dealing with here. Like right. serial, you know, film Batman from like, you know, the 40s. I mean, mm-hmm. Batman like, or even farther Dick Tracy. Yeah, I was gonna exactly. Say Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. that's what the enclave of like all the bad guys together. That's a Dick Tracy scene. Mm-hmm. All the bad guys are like, ah, what are we going to do about this toxic Avenger guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except yeah, for they don't, have the, uh, they don't have the practical effects to make, you know, flat top and prune face and all that. So right. it's just like, hoagie it's just guy. A, yeah. <laughs> it's just a fat guy with a hoagie and then a couple old guys who look kind of weird. Cigar smoker. <laughs> hoagie eater. <laughs> yeah. Guys with face paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger rules. He gets revenge on the people who hurt him, but also gets revenge for Planet Earth and gets revenge for the people of Tromaville. That's a lot of revenge. It's three tiered. It's amazing. <laughs> three tiered yeah. revenge. It, you could even argue that. this inspired Captain Planet, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the PG Absolutely. Toxic Avenger. Yep. It did have its own co- animated uh, ch- children's series, which was good. And and I uh, I have some toys from it back in the day. Like I did, I did genuinely enjoy. I will tell you this, and, and not to believe this anymore, but you know, I, I, as a kid who was growing up when that when that show came on, so many shows back then 
my kids always are like, I want to watch, you know, stuff that you watched when you were a kid. And as nostalgic as I am for that stuff. And as, you know, as many fucking Ninja Turtles that I'm looking at right now in my office, like most shows back then when I was get sucked and they don't compare to the shows that are on now, there's so much better stuff on now, but the toxic Avenger animated kids series was so much better than it had to be. Mm -hmm. Like they actually put a lot of work into that and it wasn't just like farmed out same dumb animation cells. And they actually put a lot of work and creativity into that series. And it was better than 99% of the children's animated series, you know, of the nineties. and That's why it still has like, it still has like the power it does today because they just made a 4k remaster of the show that you can get. Mm -hmm. And they have the computer game coming out. Yeah, the beat next year. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so much funnier and well-written and well-animated than like 95% of other shit. Yeah. Now, it's no Inhumanoids, but what I will say <laughs> is that this is evidence of a trend that has ceased in this country and evidence of the fact that we are no longer a proper country because, <laughs> God damn it, in the 80s and the 90s, People were brave enough to take an R-rated film property mm-hmm. and turn it into a children's cartoon and toy line. And yeah. the cowards in Hollywood won't do that anymore. <laughs> and you know what? We're worse off because of it. We used to have yeah. real toys like RoboCop and Rambo and <laughs> Rambo. Yeah, you could get a realistic machine gun, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Uzi squirt gun made by LGN that like yeah. looked like a real gun and made noises and squirted water. It was battery powered. Yeah. Like we armed our children in the eighties. Yeah. Now they're just all <laughs> pussies with Nerf guns. Now, now all the Jeez. frogs are gay. <laughs> mm-hmm. They smell like sulfur. Mm-hmm. Frogs are going to smell like sulfur, but not the battle toads. That's totally in different. Ni- <laughs> in 1979, the movie Alien was released, and mm. and Kenner released a 12 foot tall alien toy for kids. This wasn't a mm. collector's toy in that special segment, you know, section that you're Target or your Walmart. It was just straight up in a kids commercial, like, "Hey, play with this cool toy from an R-rated movie that you can't see." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah who should design kids' toys? H.R. Giger. Let's design children's toys. Hey, kids, uh, don't you love weird Polish art? (laughs) Yeah, and and giant aliens with giant penis heads? Yeah, come on. (laughs) No, seriously, though, like, it it was, it was, it's so weird to think about that now, like, but those R-rated properties were so marketed to kids back then. Well, they had a, they had Mm -hmm. a freaking, I mean, uh, now this show genuinely sucked. I want it to be good, but every time I go back and revisit, it was terrible. But the, uh, the Tales from the Crypt animated uh, yep. series mm-hmm. is not good but uh it has a couple of enjoyable parts and i had a tape of i don't know if you guys remember 2xl the smartest toy robot in the world um he is basically <laughs> the robot version of teddy ruxpin and you put mm. a tape in it and you play it and it has buttons on it and it's like a choose your own adventure book but it's on tape it's on a cassette tape in it right i had that as a kid i still have it. it's around here somewhere but i have a tales from the crypt tape for that <laughs> they literally <laughs> made a essentially a tales from the crypt teddy ruxman tape to put in your 2xl um and like, I mean, if anybody's seen that, like those are some of the most mean spirited, like, <laughs> you know, TV show ever TV show episodes ever made. Yeah. No. But it's uh, wild. The, the young folks are missing out today. That is They're missing that is out the on, truth. Your, on your violence and your sexual assault and boy. Howdy. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, so that leaves us with one more flick. If you're new. 
and, and you want to follow us over on them social medias, go over to at Halloween is forever uh, on Instagram, at Hallow forever on Twitter, whatever the hell. Just go search Halloween is forever. You'll see it's a little pixelated, cute little pumpkin guy on there. Um, follow us if you want some dang old spooky yuki shit on the Internet every damn day. If you want to join some of our patrons who join us regularly here in on the discord during recording if you want to get episodes occasionally a little bit earlier if you want to get access to those 31 days uh of uh of of horror that steve did all those fantastic write-ups for um or if you want to get access to our monthly patreon exclusive podcast go over on the patreon it's patreon.com forward slash halloween's forever about bob how how about you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, you, you can find uh, our podcast, Hops and Box Office Flops, anywhere you can download the finest podcast. Check us out on Twitter at H, uh, 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 H-O-B-F. Uh, I think that's what it is. Hold on. What is our Twitter? Yeah, that sounds right. Just just look it up. This, this is usually T-Dub's job. Um, but you can find all of us on Twitter. Captain Cash, Bling Blake, uh, the Thunderous Wizard, and of course... Our dear friend, the Sleepy Bear, Mary McCheese. But uh, yeah, it's a fun podcast. We talk about bad movies and usually good beer. And uh, we drop new episodes every Friday. So hops and box office flops. Check us out. That's hops and B.O. flops if for the at. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Continue in part three.